The following is a hoop ball presentation. What is up, Nets fans? Thank you for tuning into the Football Nets podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory. In addition to my regular co-hosts, Anthony Dittmar and Joe Farrow, I am beyond excited to be joined by our first guest ever on the show. You might recognize him from John Boy Media's Talking Nets, his new gig at WFAN, or just from attending Brooklyn Nets games at the Clays. I present to you the ultimate Nets fanalist, Keith McPherson. How's it going, guys? Yo, you got me for the first one. I'm the first guest. Let's get yeah. it. <laughs> Something that you said about now, being man. first, man. <laughs> nah, I knew that. I, I think I read that uh, it was back. The pot was back. So, I mean, happy yeah. to be on and happy to link with you guys, Nets World. And uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Brooklyn Nets winning games, rankings, standings, Javon Carter. Oh, no, oh, no, no, not Steph Curry. Oh, this is Steph Curry pod. It's a James Johnson yeah. pod, actually. Oh, I, I can do that. I can do some James <laughs> Johnson talk. <laughs> <laughs> so before we dive into our Nets, our beloved Nets, Keith, even though everyone already knows you, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, the work you've done, whether it's with John Boy or the work you're going to do with WFAN. <laughs> Uh, I'm Keith McPherson. I am uh, a dude that likes sports, all sports. Ever since I was a little kid, I just thought sports were the most fun thing to do and watch. And there's a bunch of other things that are cool, too. But like there's always some sports. So right now it's November. Uh, it's basketball season. And I'm from Jersey. I grew up a Jordan fan, a Michael Jordan Bulls fan. And uh, Jordan retired. And I was like, nah, I can't go to the Wizards. Rep the home <laughs> team I picked up on the Nets. and. Next thing you know, the Nets are good. And that era of the Nets took us to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I wish I was older in that time to retain that. But it's all good because here we are here now. And, um, you know, through that time from being young, I obviously graduated college. I went to school with a uh, and got a communication degree and graduated with a, a degree in radio and television that pff, never going to use that fucking degree. Oh, are we allowed to curse <laughs> on the spot? Of course we are. It's a podcast. Anyway, I went on to... Uh, Work in social media, doing like digital marketing, social media managing, MTV, Hubo TV, Rock Nation. Oh, I skipped a big part, but I was in the MLB fan cave. That helps. Um, but either way, it's just like talking sports, doing content, podcasts, videos, social media, just going to games and, and being in that world has kind of led me now to, to this point um, to be on WFAN, to talk sports, connect with fans and just share my story and try and get some other people's stories. and perspectives and takes when they call in and uh I, I love doing that i love talking sports so um hopefully in in short and long that gives you a good idea about like who i am and what i do and uh yeah i'm excited to see what you boys do at this part I'm, I'm happy to be the first guy on yeah, yeah definitely uh i've never actually had a conversation with you before but i've seen your videos i've listened to talking nets and no better person to go on wfan you're a great person to interact with full of energy Definitely know your stuff, even though you're a Yankees fan. 
it's the one thing kind of knocked on your resume, but I'll be with it. Hey, 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 you're outnumbered to the Yankees fans here. Yeah, he's out number three to one What's going on? <laughs> he doesn't realize yeah. he's stuck in three on one here. Yeah, you're probably always <laughs> outnumbered everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I live, I live in Connecticut, man, so it's pretty split right down the middle. That is the no man zone, honestly, for like New York Boston sports. I was actually at the AL wild card game when the Red Sox won. Just want to throw it out there. Oh. Uh, is this a is this a hoops pod? This is a Nets pod. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Let's get back on track. But um, before we go into the actual basketball, um, since we last spoke on Tuesday, obviously the Warriors game happened, and then Wednesday, Stephen A. Smith went on one of his rants. But the only part I care about his rant is what he said about the Barclays Center and the fans. Um, what I basically just said, I live in Connecticut, so I have a hell of a drive to New York City, traffic, getting home at 3 o'clock in the morning, and then going to work, so I don't do it very often. Um, Keith, I believe, based off your Twitter, you attend most, if not all, of the Nets home games. Can you kind of speak to the environment and the vibes, if you've noticed it's changing, how it's been since KD, Kyrie, and, well, Kyrie before, and Harden have come? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I grew up like never going to games, <laughs> like not even thinking about going to a game. Like nobody was taking me, couldn't afford it. And uh, now I don't miss many games because if I can get there and I, I can afford it and I can link with the gang and see the game and be in the clays. Yeah. The environment is amazing. They've improved the Barclays center every year. Like they make it look cooler, better. They add different bars, different seating. It's like cleaner every year. It's, it's amazing. And then when you pair that with the team we have, this is the best team we've had playing in this arena. Um, you know, obviously the, last year was great, but this is the team. This is what we were hoping for. People forget KD sat out his first year here. This is the third year. It's like, this is a team. If they can keep playing and doing what, the, what they're doing, they're going to, we're going to have a great time with playoffs, but I'm getting ahead of myself. The environment there is fantastic. Uh, I'm so biased because I see people hate on, our attendance and our fans and what actually goes on. And I'm in there and there's just a huge difference between these like national fans that are chiming in with what they saw on TNT, which is a produced program. It's like their way of showing you what's going on there. Like it's a television production. <laughs> uh, they right. can turn the microphones up and down depending on what the product, uh, the producer says in the production, like either way. Um, what I'd like to say on this pod Man, this week I heard people talking about the whole, like, Steph Curry getting MVP chance. Yeah, of course. He is a Hall of Famer. He changed the game of basketball. He is something we will literally never see again. And this is New York. People came to see that show. That was the highest price tickets of the season. When the ticket rates go up like that, why? That's because casuals and anybody that even knows who Curry and the Warriors are is pulling up in New York. He's going to get cheers. There were kids in there. Of course. There's eight to 15 year olds all wearing warrior stuff. And those kids didn't come from California. They, they, they came from <laughs> Connecticut, you know? So uh, what goes on in the arena, man, the, the Nets have a lot of support, a lot of diehard fans, a lot of fans that were there way before me. Um, I mean, I've been going since 2013, but like, I wasn't always this close in proximity as far as where I was living. Uh, the people that live in Brooklyn that go and the people that walk to the game and people that take the train from Manhattan, or whatever, there's loyal fans and they're there and, and they're going hard and they're chanting. Shout out to the Brooklyn Brigade, the block. Like 
there are real fans that have been doing this and have helped build this culture and this vibe in our arena. And, and it's awesome to see. Yeah, for sure. Back to the TNT thing. Every time I watch a game on TNT, it sounds like the stadium's empty. Watch a game on Yes, it sounds amazing. So definitely be careful with what you believe on what you're watching through TV, like Keith said, because they can just alter it. I, I guess we have the same type of television. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Sony? Yeah. <laughs> I have a Samsung, but my TV does the same thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. For, for some reason, because they're haters, man, they don't want to see the, this Nets world be what it is. The Nets were oh, yeah. bottom feeders. The Nets were left for dead. The Nets were laughing stock. The, the Nets were ha ha ha, like never going to be. Come on. <laughs> for, for the Nets to get Kevin Durant, James Harden, and shout out to Kyrie, Andrew Irving, for them to all be in this place, the whole league and national television, pawns, all of them are like, we hate them. Steph Curry's the greatest, though. Did you hear the MVP chance in the fourth quarter after the game was way done and people already went home? The Nets fans start the MVP chance in there every time Katie steps to the line. And then once we all left, the copycat warrior fans got that off and TNT said, turn it up. And that's what they all ran with for a day. And here we are now, like still talking about it, but. Uh, I'm glad yeah. to put that on wax. Appreciate y'all letting me come on the pod and actually kick the reel. Like there are people in oh, the yeah. arena that know what went down and choose to choose to harp on that. Stephen A. Smith or whoever out there choose to make that the subject of your whatever. The bottom line is the Nets are winning games, right? They're one of the better teams so far. And they're not playing great basketball and they're still winning games, right? They're, they haven't even figured it out yet. And they're better than most of the teams. With two so, of the three best players. <laughs> right. Right. Two of two of the two of the 75 that came out on the list. They had to take Kyrie out. So really we had three. Yeah. It's honestly crazy. Like seeing the atmosphere last year in the playoffs. And that's I went to the Celtics game one and then the Bucks game two, and we won by 49. Comparatively yeah, to what when I went to like the games in the early two thousands, like two thousand tens, when they first moved to Brooklyn, it would cost me more money to trains at the game than it would be for the tickets and the environment from then till now when i used to watch andre blash ball out and like alan and that kind of stuff <laughs> oh like, no <laughs> a completely different vibe you know what i'm saying like the, the barclay center has gone full 180 and i think the fans that want to clown on us or like try to say we're not as loud as msg like well yeah we've been here only for 10 years like obviously they were in jersey for 30 but it's a big difference you gotta build the fan yeah <laughs> it hasn't even been 10 this is the ninth season i believe yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like you got like people still don't realize how truly new the success is to us. Because like I mean, I even went to a game three years ago and Theo Pinson was our leading scorer. <laughs> like it was nuts. Theo and the, you know what? And the Barclays Center was rocking. It was Man. Nets Knicks and yeah. Theo Pinson went off. <laughs> we Theo had Pinson should have never there. been on the court. That tells you all you needed to know right there. Shout exactly. out to Vibe King. You know, Love energy deal. guy. Love He'll turn deal. it up. But yeah, the, the Nets culture had to build from the move, which if you look in look in any other major sports leagues, when teams move or change, whatever, it's there's always some like kickback and there's always a, a transitional period. Even if it's as seamless as moving the Chargers from San Diego to LA, there's still yeah. some issues with how that goes. And uh like you said, the early I went to some of the playoff games. I went to 2013 and 2015 playoffs, and 
the culture, the vibe, the the in like the dancers, the like in uh, arena entertainment. It's all so much better. The, the every WWE person you could think of was in the Barclays Center the last two days. And I don't even watch WWE, but I know these people when I see them. I'm like, that's definitely a wrestler. Big, big E, that dude's biggest shit. I'm like, that's definitely a wrestler. There's no reason he'd be courtside if he was anything else. Uh, Bianca, uh, Becky Lynch, all of them. They're oh, all yeah, there. They have, they have a pay-per-view there Sunday. And like, okay, they're they're that, doing yeah. that because it's it's promo, it's advertising for pay per view. But when they're not there, your favorite rapper comes to the clays. Name one, and I'll t- I'll tell you if they've been there or not. Most likely, all of them. Lil Baby, Lil Wayne, of course, uh, Gucci Mane, uh, Young Thug, Gunna, Travis Scott be there all the time. That's how about uh, that like, Jay Z guy? Jay Z literally went to the first <laughs> like six games. He, I was at the first opening six games. Hove was sitting right there. And it's like that. That's that's what I'm saying. It's the culture out there. It's cool. And people hate on it because I, I think they didn't expect it to, you know, be this, I guess, ever. Neither do we. I, we dreamed. And uh, to have a good team and to have this good of a culture. Look at the City Edition jerseys, man. We got the hardest ones in the league. People aren't just that's like nice. talking about it around here. People are talking about it across the country. Like, look at the court and look at their jerseys. That shit is hard. And they're good. Like, People were complaining about the game last night. They said it was an ugly win. It was a, a, a nasty win. But, like, yo, think about the circumstances. We still have all pro guys going for 20-plus points. Aldridge, Patty. Obviously, KD had a lesser night the last two nights. People think KD is hurt. But, like, my bad. I'm fucking up my mic. Just fell off the table. <laughs> but it's, it's a good time in the Nets world, but we have Twitter and we have internet. So people have to have a place to complain. I don't know. Discord, Instagram, group chats, uh, clubhouse spaces, whatever. At least people are talking Nets. I remember a time when it was quiet for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Dude, I feel like it was, it's night and day. I remember the day Katie signs of the Nets. I ran down the street from like from where I was and just started screaming. I'm like, there's no way this, this has happened. <laughs> like, the top of the season, I literally ran down the street of my grandma's house. I was like, holy shit. Like, Bro, we just I got was, Kevin Durant. I, just, I was out to dinner. Always ruin my head. I was out to dinner with family. I was at Texas Roadhouse. I won't forget it. When I saw the tweet from Woj, I screamed in the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> Clean sweep, clean sweep, tweet. Joe, where were you at? Uh, I was actually, I was chilling with my cousins, and all of a sudden, I see the tweet pop up. I screamed so loud, I jumped up off the couch. I probably tackled my brother to the floor. It was, <laughs> it was a, it was a gracious time. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of those where you at moments for sure. Right, never forget it. Do you guys want to jump into like um? What do you guys want to jump into the biggest takeaways? You guys want to jump into the Cleveland recap? Yeah, first, so first uh, on Tuesday, uh, Keith, me, Anthony, Joe, we gave like our biggest takeaways from so far from the season since we kind of jumped into the pod 14 games into the season. So if you want to just quickly do your biggest takeaway on your thoughts on the Nets, what, one-sixth of the way into the season roughly? Yeah, uh, my biggest takeaway is that the Nets play defense. And uh, last year, if we had a defense that even kind of looked like this, we would have been in a different position. And, you know, we're obviously missing a few players and, like, big-name players, obviously, but also role players and people that we need right now. Uh, My biggest takeaway is that 
no matter what, they play defense. So even if they win ugly, like we're not getting smoked. We're not getting blown out. We're not in games where we collapse in the third, fourth. Like, okay, the, the Bulls game sucked because it was like in the fourth quarter, you know, we were close and we thought we had it. And even in this, uh, this Warriors game, it sucked because it was close at half. And then it's just a bad third quarter or a bad fourth quarter. For the most part, that doesn't happen. There were Nets teams in the past where you don't even have to watch the second half. The game's over in the first half. Or good Nets teams where you're battling and fighting and like clawing for till the last seconds for the win. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that the Nets play defense now, and, and that's the biggest thing. We know we have the greatest score. Like we know we have guys that are going to uh, get buckets, but at least we're locking down other teams and not just getting ran off the floor. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the Nets traded role players that were offensive to defensive minded. Do you think it's a finished product? Do you think there's definitely some guys they need to bring in here, especially at the wing position? Hell no. There's no way near a finished product. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Keith, let me, let me just tell you what Joe said. One of his biggest <laughs> takeaways was that. Uh, oh, come Griffin on. That is not at all. Of Kwame Brown. <laughs> Who reminds him of Kwame Brown? Blake Griffin. I just I couldn't believe it. This man put Blake Griffin. That's not what I said. Uh, yo, Blake. Every time Blake gets the ball, I'm, I'm in the arena. I'm like, you don't have to shoot it. Like, bro, he he. I read on Twitter that he's shooting 16 percent from three, and like Steve Nash came out and said like it's just a flunk or a fluke or uh, it's just man. Nah, he does not have to try and be a shooter like that. Blake does enough things on the court that are valuable to us. And like, we don't need him to be like, if he scores, like maybe try and take some like mid range jumpers. They don't always have to be threes or like catch and shoot threes, but. All right, Keith, let's, let's really break down what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I said, whenever he gets into the post, he tries to force it too much. And I said, I kind of feel like I'm Stephen A. Smith talking about Kwame Brown when I'm talking about Blake Griffin. Okay, now I'm seeing the the Kwame Brown resemblance. Okay, you get it? Okay, cool. I know what you're talking about now, yes. So he doesn't have a move that he could put to memory. Yeah, it's like he gets to that point and it all falls down. It's like, he establishes his position and then it's just like, okay, I turn my head left and right and left and right and then I chuck up a fadeaway and it clunks off the side of the backboard. Right, and it's like, did you practice that shot? Is that something you you do? <laughs> he definitely did no. not. <laughs> Never know. I lose a year of my life every time he pump takes a three. Oh, bro, <laughs> I just I just envisioned it as you said it, and I'm like, no. It's just like <laughs> slow motion, like oh yeah. The worst is when yeah. he pump fakes, doubles down, and then still goes for it too. Oh yeah, bro's got no speed. He's cooked. His knees are cooked. He's got to stop that, bro. He's in, in quicksand. He's in slow mo. He thinks That's- he's moving fast. That's why I thought it was stupid when they didn't bring Aldridge in the, until the second half because they're like, uh, oh, they're bro, I was like, at that game I'm screaming. I think I put on the talking Nets Twitter. I'm like, he's on the end of the bench in a white tee. What's wrong? Someone said he, he tweaked his hamstring. He, he's older, man. He tweaked his hamstring in warmups and he couldn't get right. Like he couldn't get the pain out. They said he was like on a stationary bike. And then he finally just like champed it out in, in the third. It was six minutes and 32 seconds left in the third when he came in. I'm like, yo, what's the point now? Oh Rest of now, it's a back-to-back. Like, yeah, that's what I thought they were doing for the for the whole beginning of the game. I thought they were just going to like rest them until they needed them. And I thought then, it was like, going to be a, a DMP <laughs> for some, some odd reason. They'd have to tell us in the post game, But no, they said he just 
he's an older man. Like he retired and came back. I think he just tweaked his hammy and didn't feel good in the beginning of the game. I don't know. That's just what yeah. they we see on Twitter. We never really actually know. Yeah, I thought they were just trying to show their card. Like they're like, oh, we're not going to play him. But since we're down three guys, we're not going to tell the Warriors that, and we'll play him against the guaranteed win tomorrow. That was my thought process, but who knows? Yeah. I thought they didn't want to put him on an island with Steph Curry and uh. <laughs> well, Blake was on an island. What did Blake do? But, bro, they put Kwame Brown on the island. We instead. put Kwame like, put Griffin on Steph Curry instead. <laughs> James it doesn't matter who you put on bro. Steph. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do. Steph is gonna pull that shit. It doesn't matter. Just like That's with KD, it doesn't matter who you put on KD. He's gonna rise up and shoot that shit. Like you just gotta hope they miss and. On that night, there were enough Curry fans in there. I was I watched warm-ups, bro. All these kids are like, Steph, Steph, Steph. <laughs> That's awesome. If I'm warming up in New York and I this is my audience right now, and then the the stadium or the arena fills up and you you hear fans cheering with you, you hear people, Warriors. I, I was like, okay, we gotta win some chips in Brooklyn so we can take the next wave of bandwagoners and children. They got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Warriors. That's exactly what kinda... the mold is. That's right? Like, that's how they're saying, like, the net, the Nets will never have any real real estate in New York sports fans' heads. If you it's watch, like, you got to get on a win, roll the championship. Well, not if. Yes. When we win, because KD is here for the next four seasons, he's going to win a chip. We're going to build the team around him. It doesn't matter what exactly happens or who moves. KD is the top, the centerpiece, the core, whatever. It's going to happen. And that's what's going to change the course of things. We're already doing things that we thought never would be done. The city edition, the New Jersey logo, the Nets logo with the B in it. That's I never thought they would do that. Like they made the court look like Continental Airlines Arena. Never thought they would do that. It's yeah. being done like things are going to uh, things are going to work out for the Nets nationally. And like our fan base is going to grow. This is the whole reason you take a team out of the Meadowlands, East Rutherford, swamps in new jersey and you put them in a budding place like brooklyn when they did like a place that was like thriving in all types of different things fashion food music whatever you put a basketball team in there we're we're gonna we're gonna get it done fellas y'all know it. it's all part of the plan that's world oh yeah shout out to swamp dragons though (laughs) (laughs) yeah my guys i wish we had swamp dragons merch for real i should make it for myself if you watch like the early 2010s Warriors, man, when they booed, booed the owner when he was on the on the court when they traded Monte also, uh, you can you yeah. know anything's possible for this Nets team because exactly. that team went full circle too. And and they didn't know back then. They didn't know that what heights they could actually go to. They were sleeping on Steph. They were sleeping on Draymond. They didn't know what they had. And I mean, hats off to the Warriors because the backstory here is KD was with them. KD helped them do what they were doing, but Draymond was uh, pretty outspoken in his feelings of, hey, we did it without you. We can do it again. And right now they have a team that's rolling. I would love to actually see the Nets go and face the Warriors in the finals this year. It could it could very well happen. We need to make some changes. They'll make some changes. They're about to get Clay back. Supposed to get Wiseman back. But you know what? All this stuff takes time. So when people are bugging about, oh, MVP chance in your building, Steph Curry went off. Oh, you got beat by almost 20. So what, bro? It was November 16th. Now when we're in Ju- when we're in June, 
Right. No one's going to care about this. <laughs> exactly. Right. Nobody's going to remember that one game back in November when we're in June. <laughs> the teams are going to be completely different. Like, exactly. there's going to be a trade deadline. There's going to be different things that happen. People are going to get hurt. People are going to watch. It's going to look different, but at the core, it'll be the same main players. Hey, you got to love it. And you got to love that the Nets are even in a conversation where they're like hated, like we're the automatic favorites or looked down upon like, oh, you have a super team. You have the best two play, blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, we're in it just like everybody else is in it. And people are shook. The Nets are 11 and five. And without one Kyrie Irving, we could be doing a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Keith, what's your prediction? I'm just curious. Do you think he comes back or like you just kind of wait and see? I have no predictions. I have I, I have plenty of thoughts. I have plenty of of outcomes for this. I've gone on, over them on Talking Nets. Talking Nets is on hold, by the way, working on that. But it's just because I'm kind of working on some, something else right now. But uh, <laughs> a lot going on. My, my prediction is that we know after the holidays, after the new year, um, I, I, I broke it down on Talking Nets like this. It's about to be Thanksgiving in a week from right now, bros. People are shutting shit down. And then right after that is the Christmas break. People start playing Christmas music in the holiday spirit. Like Kyrie's not going to just burst on the scene. He, ha- he has a newborn son, not newborn anymore. Probably like, I don't know, eight months old now. He's going to enjoy his son's first Christmas, New Year. And then when the new year starts, everybody is going to be like, holy, sh- we're in 2022. Remember 2020? Yo, you better go. And he's going to think about his career and his team. And it might not be in January, but by the time we get to the all-star break in February, it's cold. And you start to really see who is who and what is what, and we'll know what our team is looking like. I think Kyrie's going to have a decision to make or some other decisions will be made for him that he doesn't have any say in. Well, the trade Um, on. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or some things change because things can change and and we don't know, but the only uh, ingredient that is needed here is time. Like we just got to wait. So I tell people there's no way to know like the season ends in potentially April or like all the way to June. So just got to wait and see what happens. I have no predictions for what's going to happen, but I, I don't think he retires. I could tell you that. Oh, yeah, that's not, that's not, that's off the table. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it. frustrating after last year, like watching all the injuries last year and seeing like never having the full team on the court. You just want to have that at a certain point. And that's the only thing I have. I hope Kyrie finds himself. It sucks, man. Back. It sucks, man. When I say it's all part of the plan. This damn sure wasn't part of the plan. Kyrie Irving was not just factored into this. He was the guy in the promos like, you know, when the Nets get back to the championship, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to bring a ring home. Something like that, he said. And I'm like, OK, cool, bro. We're all down. Like <laughs> he was not supposed to be subtracted from this. But we also weren't supposed to be playing NBA basketball in a pandemic. We also weren't supposed to be quarantined last year because a mysterious COVID virus emerged. Like it just is what it is. It's like, this is basketball. This is hoop. These are guys, uh, you know, doing what they love to do and they're naturally born to do, but they can't all do it because of a vaccine mandate, which is to save lives, literally. But there's millions of people that have made the same decision that Kyrie Irving is making right now, and they just don't have as big of a light on them. So I don't know, man. We just got to wait it out. I think he can change his mind, obviously, or things can change around him. Totally agree. It, it, the, the infuriating part is that we play under different circumstances in each city and stuff like that. Like watching the Wizards come in and seeing Bradley Beal play and stuff, it just infuriated me, but I understand what you're it's saying. It's dumb. 
Just yeah, have yeah. the same rule constant. That's what I want. Like if it's a, if it's a rule, make it for all thirty teams. I know it's like based on government, but I just want to see New like, York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is New York. Yeah. It's unfortunate, man. How 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 the cards have, you know, been dealt. But uh, I mean, Kyrie is he's a, a all different kind of world thinker. Who knows what he's doing? He's kicking it with Doctor Strange right now. They're trying to figure out some type of multiverse where he can come back and hoop for the Nets without getting, getting the Pfizer. But um, it'll it'll all shake itself out. It'll all figure itself out. You you spoke on how like it's different in different cities. Yeah. If you travel to different cities, they're way different than New York. And the thing is, the Nets decided that Kyrie would not be playing with the team on the road. He could be running practices with the Nets right now and playing road games. We just, you know, went on a road trip. But I understand the decision they made. I'm glad they made that decision because we have an 11 and five team so far to start without Kyrie Irving. That's solid, but uh, they could always change their mind. That's what I said. Things can change around him or he can change his mind, but it's all going to take time and there's nothing to panic over. And I don't think there's going to be anything to panic over this whole season. That's going to be like Kyrie come save us. But there's, you know, there's 12 year old stands that are going to write that on Twitter all day. Totally agree with your take, man. It's it, it just a matter of time. You got to wait. It's early. I think November, December. I don't really. I don't think basketball really matters until after Christmas anyway. In terms of like records, I don't look at the standings really until Christmas. Like in terms of like actually mattering and seeing where teams fill out. So if Kyrie decides to come back in January and they need to ramp him up or whatnot, I think this team will be fine. Personally, I just think that the way they constructed it, going cheaper on the role players, I think it's where that you see some of the clunky lineups, but they'll figure it out with the buyouts. In the December 15th, more eligible trade players. I think eventually it's going to piece itself together. Joe Harris, man, it sucks not having Joe Harris. And, and you, you've never heard me throw dirt on Joey Bucket's name. I'm not like that. Um, it sucks not having Joe Harris right now. And I knew something like this would happen. Um, we're figuring it out without Joe. Hopefully other guys rise. They are. Patty is, is going to rise. He's a vet. He's, he literally is here knowing that. Somebody goes down or starter goes down. Like I got to step into the starting role. Like I've played before um, some of these young guys, hopefully we can get some of these work. going. I, I don't want to speak on it. Cause it's like, I don't think any of them are really ready. Um, but how can they be this quickly? You think back to last year, we were throwing Reggie Perry right into the flames. Like he was right in the middle of the fire. Cause we had really no one else. So uh, the team is constructed a little bit better this year. I don't know, man. I just always think about like, this is like an eight month thing. We're in the first month it's definitely a long grind and who would have thought that it would be mr durable joe harris would be the one to go down first right and you know i think that i think that's not a big enough talking point about the loss of the warriors because i mean everybody knew we were down joe harris and we were down uh we were down Lamarck, like well, Lamarcus didn't play for half the game, but also Paul Millsap was gone, and I mean we hung around with that Warriors team all the way through the all the way through the first half when basic a starting caliber three, four, and five for us were all out of the game. That's something that yeah. really needs to be addressed. Like that's three very very important guys that we no hung Paul around Millsap. With yeah, that's uh, what LA was. LA didn't play because he didn't step in until six thirty two in the third. Nick Claxton, bro. I don't know yeah, about it, too. bro. Nick Claxton, bro, you started the first three games. We were depending on you, like depending on you. <laughs> we ain't have him. Obviously, we don't have Irving. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it, like we're hurt right now a little bit, and we're still winning games. We're figuring out different 
lineups and we're still winning games. Ky- uh, not Kyrie. K- KD is hurt. KD, uh, you know, his shoulder, whatever. He's not been the same the last couple games, but we're still winning games. All right, guys, let's jump into the game last night. The Brooklyn Nets defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers 109 to 99. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the game? I personally missed the first half as I was out. So, unfortunately, the first action that I saw was that third quarter where the Nets got outscored by 13. So, you guys talk about the game first. Um, I could jump in at first. Yeah, the game started off like the Nets kind of got off running. It wasn't one of the KD games that we're used to. I think it was great to see James Harden kind of take the lead again in terms of like the Nets' best player. I feel like we needed a few of those. Harden needed for his confidence. He looks pretty good. Um, Patty was doing Patty things. LaMarcus doing LaMarcus things. James Johnson's been kind of playing well the last two games. So that's kind of like sitting with me weird, but we're down a few guys in rotation. So it's okay. Uh, I want to jump in real quick because. I wanted to make sure you mentioned James Johnson, Anthony, because you said James Johnson the other day was just there. <laughs> he literally was just he doesn't there. Do like, he any, doesn't do he's running cardio, full quote, full quote, he doesn't do anything. He's just there. And then he comes into the game in the second quarter, sparks a 14-2 to two run, <laughs> grabs two boards, three assists, including uh LU pass to LaMarcus Aldridge. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to hit Anthony with this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think all that gets retracted based on that rim stuff dunk that he just stuffs himself on. <laughs> so that's just kind of PEMDAS. I'm going to go with he, he was a net net <laughs> on the court. PEMDAS. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of those games. It was an like ugly win, but like honestly, I don't give a shit if it's an ugly win. Like the Nets won. It's you're gonna have some of those games every year. Like I remember the, everybody was uh, going at Winfield the other day about the 13 point lead at halftime against OKC. You're not gonna beat everybody by 30. The Cavs have a lot of injuries, but you're not gonna win a game by 30 every game. Like there's gonna be games where you lose to bad teams, and you're gonna beat bad teams ugly. When the Knights, when your best player, like Kevin Durant, wasn't having one of his nights, I don't know if he's injured. He said he's not. I don't think he's that injured, but maybe he's downplaying it. You take that win, you run away with it. You're supposed to beat the bad teams. Last year, we were losing to these bad teams. Yeah, we were better against the good teams, but you want to take your wins where you can get them. At the end of the day, a win is a win. You stack up wins, put yourself in a better spot in the standings. Later on in the season, it helps you. That's how I see it. Everybody wants to jump in? Yeah, I mean, you're saying uh, bad wins, bad wins, but just in general, look at the NBA. All the scoring is way down. Uh, the new rule change, not getting any free throws. You look at the scoreboard yesterday, there's like Charlotte, Washington finished 97-87, Detroit, Indiana, 97-89. Brooklyn was one of the highest teams with 109 points. Have we uh, cracked 120 this year? Off the top of my head, I do not know that. I can get that information for you, though. But you just look across the entire league, and it's like teams aren't scoring as many points as they have been. Yeah, it's a lot of guys are blaming the foul calls, blaming the new ball. You look at Jason Tatum, he's struggling. Damian Lillard's struggling. Harden started off the year struggling. Luca somewhat is kind of struggling. You know, some guys just hasn't phased them. I don't know what it is for certain guys. Maybe some guys are just used to it or not. But I think it's just been a lot of readjusting. I think so. I was listening to the radio the other day. I don't know who it was, but I, I think it might have been Evan Roberts actually. He was saying like, it's going to come back down to the medium. Like, the, like right now, it's kind of like they're trying to reestablish, like, these ticky-tacky fouls. Eventually, it's going to go back to, like, the middle where, like, it wasn't like it was last few years, but it's not going to be where it is now. So I think eventually it's going to regress back to the median. They're trying to establish the thing now. You see Hardy's kind of changing his game right now, the way he goes to the room and stuff. He's avoiding contact because he knows he's not going to get those calls. Like, he's going to reinvent himself. Like, these stars have the talent where, like, 
they're gonna the town prevails. That's how I see it. All right, Anthony, just to answer your question real quick, the Nets highest scoring game this season was against the Orlando Magic, who they played Friday when they put up 123. And then they put up 120 in two other games. They actually went 123, 120, and then 120. So their three Correct. highest scoring games were in a row. Stand corrected. Yeah, I just tell you the offense. Oh, hot streak. <laughs> hot streak action. I mean, it was against Orlando, New Orleans, and Oklahoma City, but sure, a little hey, hot man. streak. Hey, man, a win's a win. That's all we worry about. Yeah, right now this those those bench lineups were like there's no KD and no Harden. And like yesterday was like ben, I think it was Bembry, Carter, Johnson, Aldridge, and who was the fifth? There's someone missing. Kwame. <laughs> Kwame. No, I'm oh god. <laughs> I don't think it was Kwame. That's an ugly lineup like, in terms of offensive. Yeah. Even Steve Nash wouldn't play that lineup. <laughs> it just uh, I, I miss the Harden. Scary line, hours but... when you see them boys on the court. You're like, who? What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> That would be the most confusing lineup ever if you're a defender. You just look around and you're like, wait, who the hell is supposed to score? That's like yeah, the lineup. That, that's, what, that's, what hap- that's what happened, Joe. Like James Johnson's not supposed to be playing. Uh Javon Carter's not supposed to be playing this much. I'm pleased to see that now DeAndre Bembry is playing and he's contributed. And I like his energy. I like how he plays, but we're down a couple guys and uh this thing, this thing would look different with Millsap and Claxton. This thing would look co- completely different with Kyrie. Um, I don't know. Angel I looked Harris. at this Cleveland game, yo. Uh, the Cavs were also missing players. They were also down uh, Jared Allen. Um, who else was out for them? Mobley. Evan Mobley. Mobley, Sexton. Sexton. So, you know, they could play that, that same uh, excuse and say, oh, we were down players, but – Ricky Rubio, he cooked the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. He looked like he was trying to do the same thing back in New York. Like he was, he was looking like he was trying to score and run it up. But we played good defense. We pestered him. He really couldn't get much going. They didn't have anybody really dominate. Darius Garland, he he was hitting some shots. He was hitting some like almost impossible shots sometimes. But that game, I looked at it as the second half of a back to back. We lose to Steph Curry on national television. The Nets know they got to bounce back and win this one to quiet all the talk after uh, Stephen A. Smith's clown show goes viral because it's like, <laughs> what is this dude on? Like, like makes this whole thing over nothing. That's done. The Nets did what they had to do. They won ugly and it was a veteran scoring night, right? Veteran scoring night minus Blake Griffin. I don't know what Blake is on. He had <laughs> two points. But the veterans, KD, 23. Patty Mills, 21. James Harden, 27. But Marcus Aldridge, 24. They got the points. They got the buckets. Harden, 12 of 12 from free throw. He was getting to the line. He knows what calls he can get and not get now. And there's some calls that these refs miss, and then they have to have makeup calls. So, like you were saying about it, leveling it out, uh, leveling out, it definitely is and will, where it's just going to – they're going to have to just call a game like they've always called it. It's it's going to be even. Um, it's, a good, it's a good thing that we're seeing the Nets now pick KD up. KD doesn't have to save us every game. In the Bulls game, it was like KD or nothing. And I think that really hit this team. And now that you lose Joe and the spacing on the floor is different and, and you, you lose a scoring option like that, everybody has to pick it up. Bruce Brown, two games ago in the uh, Warriors game, was scoring. Like, other guys got to get buckets. It can't be all on KD. Ten-point win, whatever. We keep a, a team under 100 points in the NBA. Like, that's still a good win in the NBA. It's another W in the win column. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm just curious. 
I'm just curious, Keith. Do we think we were talking about this the other day on the pod? But the way Blake's playing, whenever he's back healthy, do you do you throw like a Millsap in the starting lineup to kind of like see? Yo, what he can I do? would I would take I would take Blake out of the starting lineup, yo. And I know they're saying it's just a funk, but nah, yo. Like he don't get me wrong. I said he does a lot of good things. He sets picks. He draws charges. He gets rebounds. He's got a high basketball IQ. But bro is not. He doesn't have a quick step. He's not bouncy as he was. He's not catching alley oops. He's not just you know coming down a lane dunking. That he's cooked. Those days are, are done. But now he thinks he's a shooter. And it's like, bro, if you're gonna attempt that many threes and miss that, like at some point you got to be more selective with what fucking threes you're shooting, bro. Because it's 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 not it's not good for us. But right now we don't have any other option but to play former All Star Blake Griffin, and we're not getting the All Star Blake Griffin. We're getting Brooklyn Blake, which is fine, but sure, like Blake. he can't. He can't be relied on to be shooting that many threes, but I bet he's going to keep pulling, especially now that Joe is out. He's going to be like, oh, I'm Joe Harris now. <laughs> well, we went from all-star Blake to blue-collar Blake. Blue-collar Blake. <laughs> the blue-collar <laughs> boys. I mean, all that's good and all, but, like, we, like I don't know. Blake, stop shooting them threes, bro. Like, what, What's going to be, be good blue is... blue-collar and, and stop trying to be a shooter. <laughs> What's going to be good is if he actually does start knocking him down and he fixes whatever little hitch he has in his shot. I think if he's more selective, he will. Yeah, but, like, once these teams are letting him, like, they see, oh, Blake Griffin is shooting 16%. Let's drop, let's sink on him. And then he starts knocking him down. That just opens up the floor even more once he actually is able to knock him down. Well, uh, Orlando Magic are a good team to test it out on. We'll see real soon. (laughs) We'll see up. So my next question for you guys, we just mentioned the injuries, Joe Harris out with the ankle, Nick Class, Nicholas Claxton conditioning, Paul Millsaps on that personal leave, obviously no Kyrie Irving. Um, the Nets played eight games in 13 days. KD and Harden have both played all 15 games this season, and KD is actually averaging his most minutes played since 2015. Does the load concern any of you guys for KD and Harden? I know Harden said right now we're just hooping last night in his press conference game or press conference. Uh, I mean, uh, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. Like Harden, like usually I would have no concern about James Harden, but after last year, there's obviously a concern. Kevin Durant, same situation. He's coming off the Achilles two years ago. He had a good year last year. He tweaked some things at times last year. He was out of the line, in and out of the lineup, like everybody else on this team was last year, except for Joe Harris, who somehow always plays 80 plus games. But, <laughs> well, Joe's not hitting 80 this year. That's already determined. But I think it is a little bit concerning. And it's just unfortunate that we don't have the luxury as we did last year, where, like, oh, if one of our stars is out, we still got two more. It's like you got to have at least one of these guys every single night. You can't really rest them as much as you can. I, I think we're going to see in some of these back-to-backs eventually that they're going to have to later on. I, I'm looking at the schedule now. Uh, December 3rd and 4th, they have a back-to-back. And then the 7th and 8th, they have a back-to-back. So I, I don't see them playing back-to-back, back-to-backs twice in one week. I think that's when you might start seeing, like, they already stagger the Blake LaMarcus ones. You may see a stacked, like, I'm not sure they'll do. They may, I don't know if they'll do a Katie Harden stack, but eventually I think like they have a Mavericks Rockets one. Like, why wouldn't they maybe do against the Rockets and try to steal a win? You know, right? I just, I just, even if you like, even if you rest rest one of them, you can't really rest one of them. You don't have. There's no other playmakers on the team. It's tough. 
there's no one that can go get their own shot um, unless you're throwing the ball to Aldridge in the low post 15 times when Harden is out with KD's resting. It's it's gonna be ugly. I think the idea of getting Harden was to like have that luxury of resting one of the three guys when you need right. to, and now that they only have two of them, it's kind of like you can't really do that. It's just kind of like you got to pick your poison. It's either you're going to take an automatic loss. Maybe sometimes you do that. You've seen the Spurs do it like 2013 when Pop rested all his starters at TNT game against the Heat. He took a lot of flash, but then the day it's one regular season loss. I know Nets fans love to say it's the end of the world, but maybe it's the greater good. I don't know. Like it depends on Katie's looking. If this shoulder is really a thing, I'd rather have Katie beat, miss some games in December than miss some games in April or May. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What what I'll say is with this big three that currently exists in the Nets world, last year you were getting to see Harden play with Kyrie while KD was hurt. And we haven't been able to get these guys on the court together for long. I think it's still like I don't know, under 10, 15 games that they've played together in this last two years. So now what we're seeing is Kevin Durant and James Harden actually start the journey of an 82-game season together. And we're seeing the very beginning of that. And the role players around them, in my opinion, this year are better than the role players that were around Harden and Kyrie in the middle of the season trying to figure it out as we were pushing towards the playoffs, waiting for KD to come back. Um, I think I think you just said, like, it's like it could be a good thing. Like, I think this team learning how to play without Kyrie and even without Millsap, like, I think Millsap's leave right now. I don't know exactly what's going on, and he's allowed to do whatever he's, he's doing. But Kyrie showed people that, hey, you could come to Brooklyn and you could dip out for a little bit if you got a personal <laughs> reason. And, like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, like, you can you can slide for a week or two. It is what it yeah. is. I think it's going to help this team. I think there's going to get a, there's going to be a trade. We're going to we're I don't know who we're going to be able to trade. Like, like. Are we, we're not going to be able to trade like Javon Carter. Maybe Bembry shows like some more worth or I hate to say it, but like Bruce Brown, I don't want to, I don't want to say it, but like, then before the, no, no Clax's worth is low, but like, I don't know, but there has to be a trade to improve this team for the second half push and the title run and for the chance for Kyrie to rejoin this team. And then it, it, it turns super Saiyan. Um, I mean, it, we can't call it, but that's what makes us entertaining. That's what makes us interested. It's like, uh, a Netflix streaming show. You don't know what the next episodes are going to be, but there's <laughs> there's eight episodes. We just watched the first one. It's true. December 15th is a, a date to keep in mind because that's when guys that signed free agent contracts this year are eligible to be traded. So that opens up like a third of the league to be traded. So there's more options on the table for teams to make deals. And like historically, teams don't really want to make deals before that date. So you're right. kind of like in limbo until then. And marks we trust you. You you bet your ass he's talking to people, and you bet that like he's weighing all of his options. And uh, we're trying to win, yo. If you're not trying to win, like that's why they decided. Hey, man, like everybody else got vaccinated, bro. We're trying to win the championship. That was what we all like are here to do. And like if you're you know out on that, you're out on that. You can't be one foot in, one foot out. Like let us know when you're in. Do you think at the deadline if he doesn't do it, like they they look at his value? Um, yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, his value is is high. Uh if anyone uh besides the Nets gets arrested Kyrie to come in firing. Nah, I don't even want to think about that because it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Like, like they're selling his jerseys, they're 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 keeping in contact with him. But Kyrie right now, last year Kyrie had his best season and he took his vacations and his time and his personal time and you 50, know 40, uh, 90. 
you know, all types of stuff. Birthday, um, son being born. Uh, uh, Bro, Trump Kyrie supporters was, rush the capital and Kyrie's like, I don't want to play basketball. Like it, it's it's what he does. So now he's doing this. Um, he's kind of getting his time off, but it's like because of the vaccine. You know, the guy wants his break. That's why I said we're, he ain't coming back till next year and maybe like after the All-Star break. And I don't know if he's going to change his mind and get the shot like Cam Newton or if something's going to change around him or if the Nets are like, all right, we'll take this guy on the road. He's, he's that good. And the team could really use that extra boost. Keith, you forgot one thing about talking about Kyrie and uh, his, uh, his uh, I, I don't even know what to call it, but that man was out here dropping 27, six and four on 50, 40, 90 on an empty stomach for a month. Oh yeah. 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 Don't, I mean, don't <laughs> ever forget that. Like we can't forget that. <laughs> Like he's raw like that. And that's why I'm saying we're talking about his worth. Like everyone in the NBA knows everybody in the NBA knows what we're missing. And that's why they're getting off with their shenanigans and talking about they're like they know this wasn't the plan. They're kind of like hoping that nothing changes and we don't get Kyrie back because that's the really like scarier hours. Like this is an 11 and five team. We're in second place for now. It doesn't matter. But like we're beating teams and uh, we're figuring it out without a huge piece of the puzzle. Well said. Just a just a thought of Kyrie in a different jersey really just made my stomach hurt a little bit. I don't yeah, think my he's not going for it. He's not going yeah. for it. Neither are the Nets. So right. Um, so I think it's kind of a perfect transition into we talked about in Sean Marks who trust December fifteenth. Let's each go around and throw in one guy, realistic guy, that we want the Nets to either target in a trade or in the buyout market. So I don't know who wants to start first. I could start. All right. I know. I want Goran Dragic. I think he's a buyout candidate or they could sell low on him later in the year. But with the uncertainty of Kyrie, I mean, hopefully we know later in the year. But when it comes to the buyout market, a guy who could who could definitely handle running an offense – and could still and could still produce. He could still score. Uh, I think that's somebody that if he does end up getting bought out or if he's being sold low in the trade market, that's a guy that I think Sean Marks and Steve Nash would both love to have. Hmm. Yeah, I had Goran Dragic on my list. He's had several coaches' decisions DNPs this year for the Raptors. He's on an expiring contract. He is aging. He's thirty-five, mm-hmm. I think, right now, but. He showed on Miami that he can still go and get a bucket. It just might not be yeah. for 35 minutes, but the Nets won't need that. That's what I'm saying. If you don't have a Kyrie Irving, but you could divvy up 24, like 27 minutes of Patty Mills and of Patty Mills and uh, Dragic. Uh, Goran Dragic, that's as that's pr- really good. Like that's that's for pretty sure. solid. Anthony, who's your who's your target? Whether it's I'm a bit with certified net killer, Terrence Ross. I think he's a good three and D okay. type of guy. Get some energy off the bench. He can shoot. He's definitely. I just. I think league sources are telling me he's a better shooter than Terrence uh, than James Johnson. He's a better player too. <laughs> I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Terrence Ross. I think he might be able to get him for like a second round pick. Maybe. I don't know if I have to throw him a little sweetener. We'll see about that. But I think Terrence Ross is definitely on the radar because, like, like Cody said last podcast, the Magic stink. Yeah, they sure do. We'll get to them later tonight. Don't you worry. 
Keith, you got someone? Yeah, just give me Damian Lillard. We're good. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> How are you for Dame? Who says no? <laughs> no, nah, I could never call that, man. I can't call the last few trades we had. They, they're going to trade uh, They're gonna trade Landry Shamit, and we get Javon Carter in a pick. Like, I, I, who, who saw that coming? No one. They're going to trade um, Rodion Kuroots and uh, get Bruce Brown in a pick. Like, didn't see that coming. Like, in Marks we trust. Sean Marks is on oh, the phone, I bet. He's he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna know he's gonna figure it out. Um, I know he's not gonna let this team go past the deadline lacking something or needing something without going to get it for us. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a name. He used to play for the Nets. Thaddeus Young. He's also oh, on the contract. Bring him back for the Spurs. The Spurs like the Magic. They stink right now. They're four and ten. Obviously, if they're not remember, they're not competing. Remember our roster last year talking about old Nets and we're bringing people back like Iman Shumpert. We're bringing guys yep. off the street. Like we like Noah Vonley. Uh, that was a Johnson <laughs> end up sticking with us, but there were other guys. I'm right. just, uh, Andre Roberson. I'm like, who are I'm like, oh, where are we God. grabbing these guys from? Cause the team was that depleted. After there was the another trade. one too. Who was that guard? You know what I'm talking about? There was a guard that we had. I've heard his name. He played like Liddy one game. I don't think he even got the court actually. Not Mike James, right? <laughs> no, it was the other one. Um, Mike James, they grabbed him from Russia. <laughs> well, I got you in a second. It was uh, another, another, another flyer is Tyler Johnson. I think he was – we talked about him on Tuesday. I think he was great for the Mets last year. Yeah, That's wish we had him to shoot right now. Jeez. Well, Norvell Pell. Give that man – Norvell Pell. Tyler Cook. <laughs> Yo. Give Tyler Johnson the shots that Blake is putting up right now. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Hudson, my, my uh, co-host the Talking Mets. I'm trying to bring him back. When we first got Norvell Pell, he put out a clip and he was like, Norvell Pell, that's my center. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not proclaiming him as the Nets center. Settle down. He was, he was here for a cup of coffee, they say. And then they had a uh... Tyler Cook. <laughs> ah, Tyler Cook. And I miss cheese. Cheese, cheese well, Chioza. Yeah, Chioza I mean, was on the bench next to Curry. I was, I was looking at both of them. They were Curry was wild, disrespectful the other night, bro. He's celebrating <laughs> and running on the court. Punk well, that ass, last three that like, didn't count. That was like the icing on the cake, bro. He he was doing the most. He was showing off. I'm like, we we, we won't forget that stuff. We'll, we'll remember that. We got him back in Golden State. We already embarrassed him <laughs> yeah, last year. Golden State. We'll we smacked him that. last year. Hey, hey, Cody. I got I got oh. one more name of when you're speaking about bringing Nets back. There's a certain Fair. uncle. There's a certain uncle who's been struggling this year so far. Oh. Uncle Jeff. He's been he's uncle been Jeff. He's shooting about like twenty percent right now from three. Well, he's doing his blade best Blake impersonation. Yeah, that yeah. altitude getting uh, to Uncle I'd, Jeff. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I'd rather I'd rather Kwame Green than Kwame Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think hey, that's more of just Jeff actually having to take contested shots now because <laughs> because last year he was wide open on everything. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, if the Nuggets don't see that working out, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he really becomes available this uh, towards the uh, trade deadline or so. I don't think he get he's one to get bought out, but I think he might. He there's a chance he could get traded. 
my thing with the Mets is I feel they just got nothing to trade. That's why I'm going more buyout as opposed to trade. They got really nothing left. Throw him a Personally, second round pick Javon Carter for Jeff Green. Bro, no, Javon Carter. No one wants Javon Carter. <laughs> right. The Suns didn't want him. Um, damn. I don't know. <laughs> He, he's got to get better at shooting. He's another one. Him and Blake. It's like if you're going to shoot that many threes, guys, at least make them look good. They come <laughs> off your hands and they clank off the side of the rim or even the backboard. And it's like, bruh, don't you practice that? Yeah. <laughs> looking like me, looking like like, me to shoot the whole bogan. <laughs> right. Literally looking like a shot that I would throw up. Like, all right, man, I'm, I'm tired of driving to the hoop. I'm about to chuck up this three. <laughs> all right before we finish you guys want to just talk about the game tomorrow against orlando like like i don't can't remember who's anthony or joe said i said they stink um, don't lose we're not losing tomorrow night it's friday night live they're giving out blake griffin t-shirts blake i True. bet you blake shoots tomorrow and he and he hits some tomorrow yeah dope He's gonna have. I'm putting it out there. Blake's gonna have two threes, two three threes. Let's let's. Uh, if Blake get hits crazy. three threes. He's gonna hit. Right. He's gonna hit three threes. He's gonna chuck up eight of them bitches, but he's gonna hit three of them. <laughs> yeah. If Blake hits, if Blake hits three threes tomorrow night, I will retire Kwame Griffin forever. That's. It'll be a short. <laughs> let's just throw out there that uh, two out of the four wins for Orlando is at MSG. Love so, it. Oh, they own real estate New in New York. Team. Yeah, they ain't being the Nets, but they own real estate against that other New York Thank team. <laughs> oh, Julius Randle, don't you regret coming to the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> Man got his bag and just sent him out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the perfect way to end right there. Just right yeah, now, so. that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> so everyone, thanks for listening to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast. Big shout out to Keith for joining from Talking Nets, WFAN, and whatever you want to call him. He's amazing. Thank you very much, Keith. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Good luck with everything. Uh, I will see you at the Clays. Good luck, Nets World. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.